And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the adept Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Dana Andrews stars in a gripping tale on I Was a Communist for the FBI from 1952. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics. I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. You're on a roll here this evening. Yeah. So uh, uh-huh. we'll see how you do. Um, so these are romantic songs. So that's so the perfect category funny. for you. So funny. Mike, I need your best guess. What do you think? How is Carl going to do at this edition? I think maybe you'll get one of these. Okay. One only? Just one. Yeah. This one's a little tricky for me. So. <laughs> The Not romantic sure. Do you songs? know all yeah. of the songs, Mike? I do, actually. Okay, great. Well, that's helpful. Mm. All right. Well, let's start with the first romance. Okay. Ready? Okay. I think you'll get two of them. All right. Okay. Swaying room as the music starts. Strangers making the most of the dark. Two by two, their bodies become one. Two by two, their bodies become one. <laughs> I see you through the smoky air. See Can't you, you feel the, the weight air. of my stare? You're so close, but still a world away. What I'm dying to say is that I went right up to the chorus for you because you gave me a really hard time last week uh-huh. for not giving the line before. Two by two. What mm-hmm. is it? Um, two by two, their bodies become one. Two by two, their bodies become one. Mm-hmm. Should I keep going? Well, keep going. I can move beyond the chorus here. Yeah, go ahead. Touch me once and you'll know it's true. Touch me once and you'll know it's true. I never wanted anyone like this. It's all brand new. Mm. You'll feel it in my kiss. That goes right up to the chorus. Oh, I have no idea. You do. You lo- you you like the person that sings this song. <laughs> uh-huh. Let me give you a little bit more. Listen. Uh-huh. S- trying. I-, I should start at the beginning. Swaying room as the music starts. Strangers making the most of the dark. Two by two, their bodies become one. I see you through the smoky air. Can't you feel the weight of my stare? You're so close, but still chirp, a chirp, world chirp, away. Chirp, All right, let's hear chirp, it. Chirp. Let's hear it. You know this song. I know. Swaying room as the music starts. It's Madonna? It is. I'm just making the most of the dark. I thought you'd get this time. Two by two, I don't like slow songs. Well, it's romantic songs. I'm sorry. We have a I'm not gonna get a any. variety. I bet you Every won't week get any. it's different. <laughs> well, that would, what is the name of the song? You're getting to it right here. 
It's I'm crazy for you. Wow. Come on, you know this song. Because I'm crazy for you. Yeah, but I, I would never get this song. All right, well, that's romantic songs for All you, right. Carl. Okay. Oh Let's try gosh. the next one. I feel like such a failure. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I've let everyone down. I'm you, such a failure. Well, you still have another chance to, you know, help yourself. Ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a little bit funny. It's a little bit funny. This feeling, this feeling inside. inside. I'm not one of those who not can. Not one of those who can. Easily hide. Easily hide. I don't have John. much money. Don't but, have much money, but. but boy, if boy, I did. if I did. I'd buy, I'd a, buy big a big house. Where, where we both could live. live. Keep going. If I was a sculptor. If I was a sculptor. And then again, no. Exactly. The man who makes potions in a, a traveling show. show. And a, I know it's not, not much, much, but, but it's the, the best, best I can do. My gift is my song. Yeah, this one's for you. All right, I'm going to accept that because it's called your song. All right. Let's hear it. Good job, it's a Scotland. Little bit funny. Who sings better, me or this feeling inside. Um, it's a tough call. I'm not, not one, one of those who can. Damn Easily. This is a live version here. This is. does sound like it a live is live version. I don't have much money, money but boy, boy, if I did, I buy a big house where we both could live. If I was a sculptor. But then again, no, <laughs> or a man who makes potions in a traveling show. I know it's not much, but it's the best I can do. My gift is my song, yeah. What would it be like to be able to just play the piano and sing like that? And right? have millions of people come and out and you see you. Can sing and, and, right? and, and what comes out of your throat That's sounds what it like sounds that. Like. You know? I, neither of us would know, be unfortunately. So, it would be so crazy. Yeah. You wake up in the morning, you're like, I think I'll play the piano and just sing. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. All right, so I got one. All right, you got one. So here's the last one. It's a very romantic song. Okay? Yeah. Okay. My love, there's only you in my life. My love. Keep going. Yeah. There's the only thing that's right. My first love, Mm -hmm. your every breath that I take, your Mm -hmm. every step I make, Mm -hmm. and I. I want to share all my love with you. Oh, God. No How one else How many times do they use do. the word love in this song? And your eyes, your eyes, your eyes, they tell me how much you care. Oh, yes, you will always be. My love? So close. My, <laughs> sing it. You will always be. My girl. My <laughs> my girl, different my song. Love. You're you're missing a word in it. My, you're missing a word. You're so close. You will always be my everything. <laughs> <laughs> it will always be my, my eternal love. So close. 
Etern- my eternal love. It's not eternal, but it's really my, close to that. My, my hang on. My you, you've got it. That's it. Um endless love. Yes. Endless. I got it. I got it. You my got endless it. Endless love. Yes. I got it. My oh my gosh. Yes, that's Lionel Richie. I don't feel There's like such a failure anymore now. Wow, I'm so glad I was able to build it's you Lionel up. Richie. It's Ronald Richie, and this is uh, Diana Ross and Lionel my Richie. But there's many love. versions of this. Yeah, endless love. Yes. My first love. Wow, listen to that voice. I know. Your every breath that I take. That's Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. Wow. Your every step I make. Man. Wow, two out of three. He's great too, man. Lionel Richie, his voice is amazing. He I can mean, still sing. I had a song two years ago. I mean, listen ago. to that voice. Right before COVID, I saw him in Las Vegas, and that guy can sing. No one else will do. Man, it's amazing. Crazy. It's I mean, you hear that. It's just like, I it's know. nuts. Well. Great job. You got two out of there three. There you go. Not bad, Lisa. Not bad for the romantic songs. Not for bad. Sure. I'm, I'm actually. Picking up again. Huh? Feeling. Uh, Feeling good. You can you know, sleep tonight. <laughs> I swear, if I didn't have uh, arthritis in my shoulder, I'd pat, I'd yourself pat on the back. myself on the back. <laughs> I'll do it for you. Can't do it. All right. Thanks, Lisa. When we come back, it's I Was a Communist for the FBI. Stick around. I can't resist your charm. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. You know what? This was a great spy series, Lisa. I Was a Communist for the FBI, one of the best spy series. Dana Andrews, big movie star was cast as Matt Savetic, a real-life guy. These were, like, true stories of Matt Savetic's life. Uh, Savetic infiltrated the Communist Party in uh, Pittsburgh and reported every move back to the FBI for nine years. This guy really did this, and it kind of ruined his life. I mean, his family was like, you're a communist. We don't want to be involved in your life. You know, it, it ruined his whole life. Um you know, and then he testified in front of the uh, House on, uh, on Activities co- uh, Committee and um, kind of just, you know, told everything that happened. And then he kind of became famous. There was a movie based on his life and then this radio show also. Um, but I don't think it was worth it for him. I mean, I think he there's lots of, um, you know, him talking about how it really wasn't worth it. But you know what? He was a patriot and he wanted to help the government. Um, and he did. And so there was this uh, very interesting radio series based on his life called I Was a Communist for the FBI. This is called The American Kremlin, May 18, 1952. Here's part one of I Was a Communist for the FBI. I Was a Communist for the FBI. <laughs> Starring Dana Andrews in an exciting tale of danger and espionage, 
I was a communist for the FBI. From the actual records and authentic experiences of Matt Savetic come many of the incidents in this unusual story. Here is our star, Dana Andrews, as Matt Savetic, who for nine fantastic years lived as a communist for the FBI. In all these fantastic years, fear was my worst enemy. The average man in the normal course of events comes face to face with fear only a few times in his life. But I faced the terror of fear almost constantly for nine years as a communist for the FBI. In a moment, listen to Dana Andrews as Matt Savetic, Undercover Man. Dana Andrews as Matt Savetic, Undercover Man. This story from the confidential file is marked The American Kremlin. An early spring afternoon in a large Midwestern city. The sun has found its way through the haze that shrouds the downtown business section and is drying the remnants of a morning shower. I decided to walk from my rooming house to the meeting at party headquarters, an unobtrusive address on an undistinguished side street. Yeah, mister? No, thanks, Cabby. I'll walk. I think you'd better ride, mister. Three four, seven. Seven is a lucky number. You're clear. No one following. Why the emergency contact? Two top agents of the MVD have been smuggled into the country. Their job, to close any loopholes in party machinery. Who are they? We don't know who they are, what they look like. But so far, they've been efficient. Too efficient. Two of our New York contacts disappeared. There's a chance these agents are here right now. You see them, we want them. Now, don't waste any time calling your contact. Anything to report? No. Okay, you can let me out. Two top agents of the MVD Here to check on their own party members They're never sure of themselves Or the people who work for them and with them For how can you really trust a man Who's a traitor to his own country? It's still rather early for my meeting But there before me is the party headquarters Outwardly, it resembles some of the other faded and forlorn buildings on the street. But there, the resemblance ends. For this building is the nerve center of the entire communist network in this section of the country. This is the American Kremlin. Comrade Barstow? Comrade Barstow! door to Barstow's office is open. I walk in. Barstow? Not here. Beyond this office, the printing presses. 
I start to call Barstow's name, but the words choke in my throat. There, above me, dangling like a limp cord of an overhead light, hanging and swaying from a pipe which runs across the ceiling, the body of Comrade Barstow. I look around for the box or platform which he used to raise himself off the ground, but there is none. The floor beneath his swaying feet is clear. This isn't suicide. This is murder. Hello? Yes? Is it done? Yes. I stagger wildly out of the building, gasping for air. Sure, I'm scared. I didn't recognize that voice on the other end of the phone. Let's hope I wasn't recognized either. Why did I answer it? Call it an automatic reaction. A phone rings, you answer it. Just like you see a body swinging from a pipe and you know it's murder. Except in this case, there's a frame attached to it. And I could be the picture inside. I can't understand why the building is empty. The presses should be rolling a symphony of inky lies and some of my beloved comrades should be at the door. Of course. This is Sunday. And even a communist sometimes takes advantage of a decadent bourgeois custom. Like not working. I walk around the block and then I spot Comrade Cover, the local party leader, entering the building I just left. The American Kremlin. <laughs> I wait about two minutes, and then I walk back in. Who's there? Oh, it's me, Comrade Svedek. Quickly, lock the door and come back here. I had seen only Comrade Kova enter the building, yet... Comrade Svedek, this is Colonel Polanski, who is here from Moscow. It is my privilege. Open the door to the press room, Comrade Kova, so that Comrade Svedek may also see... Barstow, who did... Either my eyes are playing tricks on me or else I didn't get a good look the first time. For there, under the swaying feet of Comrade Barstow, is a box. Yes, Comrade Zwerk. Barstow realized that any weakness in our party structure is dangerous to the entire course. You may close the door, Comrade Kova. Comrade Zwerk. Colonel Polanski has asked me to recommend a man to take Barstow's place. I have recommended you. I'm here to serve. When the revolution comes, our strength will lie in the instrument of the workers, the trade unions. Your first assignment, Comrade Zwerk, is the shipbuilders' union in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. There's a train which leaves in exactly 40 minutes. You will be on it. Your contact is the waitress in the King Street Diner. Her name, Millicent Johnson. Comrade Kova here will give you specific instructions. Uh, about uh, Barstow. You have seen nothing? You know nothing. Wait for me, Comrade Svetik. I will accompany you to the station. Oh, don't bother, Comrade Kova. No bother, Comrade Svetik. Who knows when I may see you next? He helps me pack. He helps me find a cab. He's too much of a help. He's right with me as we enter the railroad station. I buy a ticket, look at the clock. 
There's less than ten minutes to train time. Ten minutes in which I should get to a phone and tell the FBI that one of the two MVD agents is right here. But how to do it without arousing suspicion on the part of Comrade Cover, who is being most solicitous and most comradely. Comrade Cover, will you watch my bag while I wash my hands? Well, sure, go ahead. Three and four or seven. Comrade Zvedek, whom are you calling? Oh, I, I was just checking the time with Meridian. thing I see as the train picks up momentum and speeds out of the station is Comrade Cover standing on the platform and smiling goodbye. I've been cornered, boxed and shipped. Eight hours before the train arrives in New York. Eight hours before I can get to a phone, contact the FBI, and tell them the MVD agents have arrived. Eight hours in which Colonel Polanski and the hatchet woman on the phone could be in Dallas, Chicago, Los Angeles. You pick the spot. Very dramatic music there. You know what that means, Lisa, right? I sure do, Carl. It means a dramatic show. That's There's a right. scene change. Super dramatic. Well, you know, this uh, this series was very popular. Like six or 700 radio stations was carrying it in the late 40s, early 50s. And then this was also another Frederick W. Ziv show. And when Frederick W. Ziv, he had negotiated... For uh, for the real Matt Savatic's life story rights to do this radio show, and then it was super popular. And then he was like, "Okay, I'm going to now do it on television, so I need rights for that." And Matt Savatic said, "No, I'm not going to do it." So he couldn't do it based on Matt Savatic, but he did do a television series called "I Led Three Lives." That was a very popular early television series. And it was based on the same thing, but they he found another guy that was doing the same thing that was like a, you know, a communist for the FBI. He was a double agent and then based it on his life. He wanted to do it on Matt Savatic's life. So I Led Three Lives was not based on this same person. When was that show on? Um, 50s. Wow, I don't Yeah, remember. early, you know, like oh. maybe like 55 through maybe 59, something in there. But uh, I, I don't. I never saw it. I don't believe I ever watched it. Um, I wasn't around back then. But um, I'd like to check it out, maybe on YouTube or DVD. All right, more of I was a communist for the FBI coming up. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive 
receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Don't forget to subscribe to Good Old Days Magazine. It is the best magazine about nostalgia, about the good old days. That's why it's called Good Old Days Magazine. And um, I write an article in every issue. And um, let's say it's about Sherlock Holmes, like in this issue in the current issue, then you can go to a special website and digitally download an episode of Sherlock Holmes. And I do that every issue, and there's all kinds of fun stuff in the magazine. It's wonderful. You will love it. Everyone that orders this magazine, Lisa, they they just love it. It's so great. It's such so well put together. We get tons and tons of uh, texts and emails and Facebook posts, people saying how much they love Good Old Days magazine. So, folks, check it out. Go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. If you go there and you click on the Good Old Days banner, there's a special site set up for our listeners where you can save 75% off the cover price. So, you know, it's the best way to get it. You save the most money. Go to Hollywood360radio.com. Click the Good Old Days banner and subscribe that way. I think you will love it. And uh, we're loving I Was a Communist for the FBI. This is called The American Kremlin, and it stars Dana Andrews. Here's the conclusion. Penn Station, a canyon of noise and activity. I disregard the porter with the outstretched hand waiting to take my bag and head for a telephone booth. I call home to my FBI contact and reverse the charges. Hello? What are you doing in New York? I'm on my way to the Brooklyn Navy Yard, replacing a local comrade who was killed. Details? August Borstoff, party courier. Murder made to look like suicide. The body was still hanging in the press room when I left eight hours ago. Be careful how you check it. I don't think anybody knows except myself, Comrade Culver, and one of the two MVD agents you're looking for. Name? Colonel Polanski. I think his partner is a woman. What's my Brooklyn contact number? Your Brooklyn contact number is... Well, it be, mister. Hello, Millicent. Hello, yourself. Brooklyn isn't near Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh isn't near Brooklyn. We've been expecting you. The meeting starts in 30 minutes. I finish here in 10. I'll get you a cup of coffee while you're waiting for me. What about a place to sleep? We have a room for you. Hey, Millie, how about some cybers? Brooklyn headquarters is an innocuous three-story brownstone a couple of blocks from the waterfront. A converted rooming house which boards all the local agents. I'll be under constant surveillance here. Is this by design or accident? Oh, Comrade Millicent. Come in. And this is... Comrade Svedek from out of town. How do you do? 
How do you do? Where is uh, Comrade Aachen? She's due here any minute. She, Comrade Smith? Yes, Comrade Hedwig Aachen, one of our most brilliant party members, direct from the Stalin Institute. Are you discussing me? Ah, Comrade Aachen, this is Comrade Svetik. Where is Barstow? I'm taking his place. Comrade Smith, how did he get here? Comrade Millicent brought him. How do we know he's not an FBI spy? He identified himself correctly. So, but how do we know? Well, this is childish. You can check me whenever you please. I'm here to carry out a mission. Which is? The Shipbuilders' Union. I'm satisfied. Comrade Millicent, you have contacted one of the union men? Yes, Hans Martin. He's been a party member for two years, and he's anxious to do what he can. Comrade Svetik, this is an important union. They are at work on some vital naval projects. So far, we have only been able to win over Martin. But one man in there is not enough. He will help you join the Union. When do I meet Comrade Martin? He comes into the diner every day before his shift, around quarter after three. You be at the diner tomorrow, and I'll introduce you. There are other items on the agenda, so I just sit back and listen. I listen and look and catalog their faces. What is the connection between Hedvig Aachen and Comrade Barstoff? Was she the voice on the phone? There being no further business to discuss, the meeting is adjourned. Comrade Svetik, may I speak with you alone? What about? Alone. Come into the hall. What's on your mind? Why did you kill Barstoff? What did you say? Why did you kill Barstoff? This was it. Fear again. Fear projected by the cold, deadly, accusing voice of Comrade Hedvig Aachen. Why did you kill Barstoff? I had to stall for time. The best defense is an aggressive offense. I grabbed her arm and replied, What did you say? Why did you kill Barstoff? Let go of my arm. You're hurting me. Come on. Let go. Let go. What is the meaning of this? Come on, Comrade Aachen. Repeat what you just asked me. You fool. I said, repeat what you asked me. I will hear it from you, Comrade Svetik. She asked me why I killed Barstoff. Comrade Arkin, you place yourself in a very bad position with such a question. How many times have you seen Comrade Barstoff? And under what circumstances? Was there a romantic attachment Comrade between Smith, you and... Comrade Smith, you exceed yourself. Comrade Smith... Perhaps Comrade Aachen's suspicions might be alleviated by a long-distance phone call. And you might ask Comrade Cover why Colonel Polanski recommended me. Colonel Polanski? Comrade Smith, I wish to withdraw my charge against Comrade Smith. Good night. next morning, I use an empty cigarette pack as an excuse to get out of the house and call my Brooklyn contact. Hello? Three and four are seven. Seven is a lucky number. Have you made contact? I'm living at local headquarters. Nothing to report as yet. Did you hear from out west? Party headquarters had a visit from the local building inspector, but everything was in order. Did they find Barstow's body? No. Was Barstow an FBI contact? No. Okay, if he were, you wouldn't tell me. Any other contact besides you? The shoeshine man outside the King Street subway station. Tell him you prefer a red polish. A deep red polish. 
o'clock, and I'm sitting at a table in the corner of the diner. And over in the opposite corner, a fat, paunchy individual blows the steam off a spoonful of soup. It's during my second cup of coffee that Hans Martin comes over to the table. Sit down. You're Millie's friend? And your friend, Hans Martin. First, we got to get you into the union. There's a meeting of our shift tonight at 11.30. The business agent for the union will be there. You meet me at 11.30 and I'll introduce you as my cousin. Where is the meeting? In the warehouse off Pier 9. And don't worry, nobody will stop you. Just walk past Pier 10 and across the cutover, which you can't miss. Meet me at the entrance to the warehouse. I walk out of the diner with Hans Martin. Walk him partway back to the pier. As we pass the King Street subway station, I say goodbye to him. Shine, mister? I start to say yes, but as I look up, I see Colonel Polanski coming out of the subway. He looks straight at me, through me, and around me, and walks on. Shine, mister? Well, yeah, I, I, I prefer a red polish, a deep red polish. Oh, well, 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 my cab driver from home, how come? I had a feeling out there that you might be heading into something. I can't get over the feeling of being watched. I sit back in the shine chair and let my eyes wander. Sure enough, across the street is the fat man who had been blowing steam from his soup spoon in the diner. Anything to report? Colonel Polanski. What about him? Can't talk. Being watched. Now, there you are, sir. You the soup, please. As I walk away from the shoeshine stand, I notice that the fat man has disappeared from the doorway. Rather than walk the four blocks back to the party headquarters, I take the trolley. Was the fat man really watching me? Did I do anything to give myself away? Oh, nuts. I'm falling for the old commie trick that the guilty man will always worry. The innocent man will only be confused. As I start up the stairs to the three-story brownstone, I turn around and freeze. There, across the street, is the fat man. I shut the door behind me and run up the stairs into the meeting room. Ah, Comrade Svetik. Colonel Polanski. What is it, Comrade Svetik? You look perturbed. I think I've been followed. He's right across the street. Who? The man who's been following me. Look. Polanski and Smith cautiously move across the room and through a parting, and the drapes get a good look at the fat man standing on the other side of the street. <laughs> Comrade Smith, will you leave us alone? Yes, Colonel. <laughs> well, this is no laughing matter. Easy, Comrade Svetik, easy. I watch as Colonel Polanski lowers and raises the window shade twice, and then see the fat man across the street come up the steps and into the brownstone house. A minute later, the door to the room opens again and he waddles into the room and smiles at me with the lower part of his face. His eyes can never smile. Commissar Turin, this is Comrade Zverek. Commissar, I'm honored. So, it is you who have taken Comrade Bastov's place. This is the other member of the two-man team from the MVD. 
This is the voice on the telephone. I watched you handle your contact in the diner, and I'm very pleased to know that we have such workers in the party. Good. Comrade Zverek, what have you arranged? I'm to meet Hans Martin on the pier tonight at 11.30. He's introducing me as his cousin to the business agent of the union. I should have no trouble. Ah, my dear comrade, but the test of a good agent is to always be prepared for trouble. Uh, Colonel Polanski will accompany you. Uh, In the meantime, I suggest you get some sleep. Uh, You look tired. At exactly 11, Colonel Polanski knocks on the door of my room and takes me down to the car he has rented especially for the occasion. He opens the back door for me, and there is Commissar Turin. Oh, come in quickly, Comrade Svetik. The night air is a bit cold. Comrade Svetik, you wonder why a commissar and a colonel should accompany you on such a routine matter. My duty is not to wonder... Just to obey. Very convincing, Comrade Svetik. You should not have run out of the building where you found Bastov's body after you spoke to me on the phone. Oh, yes, do not look startled. It was you. And you should not have entered the building a second time and acted as if it were the first time you had seen the body of Comrade Bastov. And finally, you should not have called the FBI. This is some sort of joke. I don't get it. Oh, come now, comrade Svetik, spy, traitor, fascist tool of the FBI. Let us put an end to pretenses. If, if, as you say, I am an agent for the FBI, why do you accompany me to my meeting with Hans Martin? Why don't you just kill me now? You have an appointment with him. If you do not appear, he will ask questions. Commissar, we are approaching Pier 10. Turn your lights off. Why was Comrade Barstaff killed? Let us say he served the cause. Served the cause? Yes. To trap any traitors in our ranks. And we did trap you, didn't we? I shall put it all in my report tomorrow. Moscow will be pleased. Bear in mind that Colonel Polanski and I are both armed. Now we shall get out and keep our date with Hans Martin. whistle of the tugs, a basso boom of the larger vessels are playing a funeral dirge across the night winds of the Brooklyn waterfront, carrying the coffin to its final resting place. You think you get accustomed to staring death in the face only. Where's that light coming from? Drop your guns! An FBI trap! This is my cue. I make a dive for shelter behind some piling... Missed my target. Find myself choking. The water drags me down, choking, gasping, fighting my way up. I break for air. I hear the barking of guns punctuating the stillness of the night. There's an eerie quiet, and then. Sveti! Sveti, are you all right? Just a little wet, that's all. Here, grab this rope and I'll pull you out. Thanks. Where are Turin and Polanski? We've got them. Are they dead? I don't know. The boys will find out. 
How did you manage to get here? We've had a stakeout on local headquarters ever since you arrived. The shoeshine man reported your contact, and when you got on the car tonight, we just followed. Did anybody else know of their suspicion? I don't think so. But I'm supposed to meet a party member on Pier 9 at 11.30. What time is it? Well, that's the 11.30 break now. Uh, what do I do? Tell him you slipped and fell overboard to explain your wetsuit. We'll take care of Polanski and Turin. Well, what are you waiting for? As I make my way to Pier 9, the calm of the waterfront is as before. As if those gunshots had never been. As if Polanski and Turin had never been. But there will always be more Polanskis and more Turins. For this fight I'm in is a lonely fight. An undercover man who must forsake his friends and family for the false friendship of the comrades in the party. I must continue this fight alone as I walk alone. This is Dana Andrews with a word about the story you've just heard. In this episode, as in all others, names, dates, and places are fictitious to protect innocent people. However, party headquarters, described as the American Kremlin, did exist. And similar places will continue to operate in this country until we won the fight against communism. Next week, another exciting adventure based on Matt Savetic's experience as an undercover man, a communist for the FBI. So join us, won't you? So that's, uh, I was a communist for the FBI, May 18, 1952, was the original broadcast date of the American Kremlin, and that starred Dana Andrews. Now, the movie that came out, I was a communist for the FBI, starred Frank Lovejoy. Uh, that came out first in, uh, I believe, 51, and then it did so well, they were like, okay, let's create a series. I think there was about 52 episodes of this radio series, and then, as I said earlier, Frederick W. Ziv, he was the producer of this show. He wanted to bring this to television, but he could not because Matt Savatic said, no, I'm, I'm done with this whole thing. And so he found another guy that was doing the same thing, was a communist for the FBI that was, you know, reporting back to uh, our government and based a TV series on him called I Led Three Lives. That started in 1953, lasted till about 56, 117 episodes of that series. Very successful. And you know how I learned all that, Lisa? Uh, Wikipedia? No, this little thing <laughs> that Al Gore created called the Internet. 
You ever uh, hear of it? No. Yeah. No. Um, good old ale, you know. Um, really, um, I'm very appreciative of, of uh, his discovery of the Internet or his creation of the Internet. So, um, yeah, I was able to go on there and learn all that and convey it to our listeners. What do you think? Good. Good. Yeah? Good. You happy good about that? Good work. <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a. You're like an encyclopedia. Yeah. Is that the word you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed. I was a communist for the FBI. Time for this month in music history. All right. So this song was written in 1955 for the prison film Unchained, but the most popular recording was by the Righteous Brothers in 1965. Unchained Melody. Unchained Melody. Mm -hmm. Of course, this achieved a second round of popularity in 1990 when it was featured in the film Ghost, which you never saw. No. But you know the song. Yes. Do you like it? Yes. Me too. I'm sticking to one word answer. <laughs> okay, great. Good conversationalist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. So slowly and time can do so much all you still more. I hit those highs. Oh, and the lows. <laughs> and everything in between. <laughs> I hit the highs and it makes everyone low. There you go. Hang on a second. People are pretty split on your um, singing. Some people appreciate it and others do not. Yeah. So what some, can you do? Some woman earlier was like, don't sing no, on the no. show, please. And I said, maybe. <laughs> Part of my contract right. says Carl must sing. Right. Otherwise, there's no show. Otherwise, I don't get paid. It's not a good show without your singing. I, I need my paycheck. I have bills to pay. I bet. <laughs> got car payments. Oh yeah. For me. There, I just got paid. Good. All right. Thanks, Lisa sure. Wolf. Uh, more of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Well, Lisa, that's a wrap. Uh, next week, we're going to start our Halloween programming, like a whole month long of Halloween programming. I love Halloween. We're going to start things off with Suspense, then Inner Sanctum, Mole Mystery Theater, Somebody Knows, and Nick Carter, Master Detective. How's that sound? That sounds great. I'll do some Halloween uh, segments myself. Yeah, very good. Be sure to visit our website, Hollywood360radio.com. For my co-host, Lisa Wolf, our executive producer, Mike Costella, my crabby brother, Vince Amari. This is Carl Amari saying stay safe, be healthy. Thanks for listening. 
Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.